This is part two of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. We also wanted to thank three of the Patreon people. That's right. Patreon supporters. So um, uh, David Ingraham, Michelle Martin, and G. Cooper are yeah. three of our Patreon supporters. For the podcast. Yeah, yeah. and, and these podcasts you. are cranking uh, in large part thanks to our Patreon supporters. And yes. so uh, yes. patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton, I think, is where it is. For the podcast. For the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we started another one that's um, PW Vids for the videos. Because there are a lot of people that are like, I only want the podcast. I don't want yeah. the videos. And there are other people that are like, I only want the videos. I don't want the podcast. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well, we uh, we divide this up. Let's see if this works better for folks. Yeah. It, it seems to be working. Thank you. Um, so we talked about fixing the stones there and, and, do, and your creating your spoons and doing these different things. These are what we've been doing as our project times. You, you know, on the spoons, yeah. when I got to, like, spreading wood chips all over my office, yeah. finding all the places where wood chips have never been before in my office, Yes. Um, there, was, there was this bizarre thing where, like, as I'm, as I'm working the bowl of the spoon, the in, interior bowl, so you've got that uh, billhook knife and then that palm carver, um, and it was like the, the the word is satisfying. Yeah. There was just something about it, and of course, you know, I, I work like a hundred hours a week in front of a computer, um, answering the stupidest fucking questions from people. <laughs> And, then, and it's like I'm trying to get things sorted out and, and it's like so most of my time is like trying to sort things out from people that have decided to be douchebags and it's like look you know you don't have to be that way here's the you know like oh I bought your product and, and now that I have it I want a refund um, because I, I'm going to say I don't have your product and it's like oh buddy you, you didn't realize that we had a thing that could track to show that you actually <laughs> downloaded it. Yeah. Yeah, it shows. Here, let me give you the report. Look, there it is. Yeah. It shows you downloaded it 100%, and you just said you want a refund because you couldn't download it. And so it's kind of like, that's that's how my day is spent and this kind of stuff. Although I've also been writing a book <laughs> and working on the pep stuff and a few other projects that are pretty cool coming soon. But, okay. <clears throat> Project time. The the thing is, is that I just closed my office door and I had a hunk of wood and some blades and I just got lost in time. And I just, and it's like, I'm, I was starting to worry. I was going to whittle too much away from this <laughs> poor spoon. And um, I, I think it turned out, I think it turned out really nice, but it's just... I, I'm not sure how to describe this. I was just so enjoying pulling the wood away. Um, and 
and uh, uh, and I, I probably used that bill hook knife in a way that it wasn't supposed to be used, <laughs> where it was more like a scrape than a cut. But it was even that was just deliciously satisfying. Yeah. And it just really fed something in me, and and um, and it's like so there I was today down there, kind of like oh Jocelyn, you didn't work on your spoon, and uh, it's gonna dry out because it's green, and so I'll just go down here, I'll whittle on it a little bit for yeah. you. So yeah. uh, I think I took a picture of it. I haven't sent it to you yet, but it's it's definitely got more of a spoon shape to it. Great. And and as I was hacking at it, the handle has a curve in it, like a ninety degree curve in the whole handle. It's just the way the wood kind of split off. And uh, so I'm going to keep that curve. This nice. is the natural part of the spoon now. Nice. Yeah. So satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Did we mention our project times in a different uh, I'm podcast? I'm not sure. So we're just, we're trying uh, to, we both sit at the computer too much. Right. And the ir- irony of helping man- helping manage Wheaton Labs is that it's driven us even more behind the computer yeah. to um, manage all the people coming and going, to manage workshops, to order food even on my part. I do a lot of that online to make money, to pay for things. We've both been pushed more and more behind our computers um, because there's a remarkable amount. That's why... That's the top thing I would tell people. Um, I I do like a business presentation at the PDCs we host here, and people are like, oh, "I'll have workshops to help pay for my homestead or pay for my permaculture <laughs> property." I'm like, "You better." want to spend time on the computer or have someone spend on the time on the computer for you because if you're coordinating workshops you have to get them online you have to do the registrations it's it's a lot of computer time so to now of course we're doing a lot of stuff that most people in homesteads won't do yeah you know and and so we're trying to make permaculture disneyland yeah we're trying to go for something where we're going to build community and then this will eventually be a plot a space for 40 people to live and right. and so we're going for a much larger scale thing yeah it's so very I, different i, I want to just not you know i want to be careful what we say because i kind of don't want to discourage people from going down girt road right where basically they don't have to do all this stuff and they can right. go and, and whittle spoons all day long if they want right well i just like to tell people if you're doing the workshop stuff, it's computer time. And I was just trying to explain. I It's weird. We had someone here uh, over the winter, earlier, late fall, whatever, and I was explaining, you know, it takes us a lot of computer time. She was kind of like, well, that's your choice. And I was like, yeah, but, but anyway, it was weird. But what we're doing to get us out from the computer, get us out out in the out of doors to get those UV rays or whatever and to get us um, experiencing more of Wheaton Labs we have project times that we have scheduled into our day just 20 minute blocks right now a little more on the weekends and and quite often we go longer than 20 minutes but 20 minutes a project I choose and 20 minutes a project you choose and so we have at least those two project times each day one yours one mine right and so we did a list of some of the project times we we've done recently that
that kind of have to do with other permaculture things we've talked about right. on the forums. Because I know we've talked in the past about like Tango Trail. Yes. And some of the uh, some of the earthworks that we've done for okay. roads and stuff. So right. We've probably so we mentioned have. Project. Okay. So this was probably a repeat. Oh well. Yeah. Um, but one of the things uh, that you were almost as happy as the spoon about, not quite as spoon happy, <laughs> but the lamps in your office. Right. Right. And and so um, probably seven years ago. I wrote my big long article and I made a YouTube video and I did all this work to basically prove how you can reduce your electricity use by 87% to heat your home. So your electric heat bill, I, how I reduced eight, uh, 87% off my electric heat bill. Yeah. And um, and so what I did is I set up uh, a desk, my, my desk where I sit at all day, dog bed heater at my feet, um, a, a katatsu on the desk. Uh, there was a heated mouse and a heated keyboard, although now I have, there's a heated mat that goes underneath my keyboard and regular keyboard and regular mouse. Um, and then an incandescent light over my head. And that with those things, um, I could drop the temperature in the house. In the, at that time, it was an apartment uh, to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. And, um, and I kind of felt like, and you could do this all over the house for all kinds of different things. But I got a ton of feedback. I mean, first of all, with the video... One third of the comments were about, did that woman wash her hands? And it's like, we're trying to demonstrate how people would, no wait, that's a different video. That's an entirely different video. Never mind, never mind, never mind. But the, for this video, the number one comment was, well, that's fine if it's a desk, but you can't possibly do that for any other scenario in the house. <laughs> and I mean, like, there were just tons of comments like that. Right. And so it's like, um, uh, and I tried to describe it, and it's like, people are like, oh, that's such horse shit. Nothing like that exists. And so it's like, okay, now it exists. <laughs> so now, uh, and I call it Paul Theater. So I've got my little teeny tiny office that my chair can barely move around in. But now, thanks to Fred, and um, I'm not sure who helped him, but we got a, I got a couch in there now. Yeah, a full-size couch. And so uh, um, now what we do is, is that we can play a movie on my monitor. Which is a pretty big monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're also sitting to it, sitting fairly close to it because it's a small <laughs> office. Right. So it's a squeeze, but we're all sitting on a couch, and we now have a dog bed heater at our feet. So you added more wood to the fire, didn't you? I did. You yeah. can hear it. It's hear pretty it. loud. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, it's probably warm enough. It's 71. Isn't that warm enough? Um, probably. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so then you, we've, we do have a dog bed heater there with a, with a lovely um, uh, Asian carpet on top of it. And it's a very comfortable place to put your feet. And then there's a little blanket there that you can sit on your lap if you want. And then we have three lamps with goosenecks on them that hover above, you know, three points on the couch. And so if three people sit on the couch, they can each put their own little lamp directly over their head. And I think that the perfect spot 
is that you put it kind of over your head, but kind of a little bit over your forehead, really. Mm. And and that way, when you watch the movie, you don't have the light in your eyes. Right. But we got it all set up, and it's working beautifully. And um, and it can get a little colder in the house, but if you're sitting on that couch, then um, it's like you don't mind it being a little colder in the rest of the house. It's a little warm bubble. Yeah, it 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 works. And I like so he has bookshelves above the couch. So these uh, for the project time, uh, I helped him mount these uh, gooseneck lamps underneath the bookshelves, and we ran the cords up in through holes up inside behind the books, so it's not all junky cord. You know, it, that, that was the day that I looked nice. especially manly, isn't it? Oh, where you had sawdust in your eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, I had sawdust in my hair, and my eyebrows, and my beard. That's right, I'm a man. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's funny. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so that was a cool project. Yeah. For project time. Yeah, and I have not been working with carpentry tools, power tools, or anything like that since um, probably 20 years ago. I had learned how to miter wood joints and use skill saws and stuff like that, but I haven't used power tools really in 20 years. Um, and and so you helped me build a cat house. Right. So we have uh, the feral cat with, that we named Gert move in under the house last winter, and she has become my gardening buddy, and um, we just want her to be like a barn cat. We, we She's never been house trained, never been in the, this house. and She has a lot of curiosity about coming in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, cause she would like to hang out with me in here, but I, you know, I've had furniture shredded by cats in the past and... Or peed on. Yes, and we just have... I had... Oh, I had the best rubber uh, heating pad for seed starting. I was so excited to use it. The neighbor's cat peed on it. <laughs> and the pee smell when that heated up was so bad. It was the worst ever. I had to throw it out. That seed starting mat, it was it was ruined. That had to be before I met you. Yes. Yeah. It was Ian and Francine's cat. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, um so we were trying to figure out, okay, let's build a little loft. And we did that in the garage uh, up here next to the library, not the shop down where we have classes. But let's build a little loft up here and and figure out how to do a cat door. And then we decided that was a little bit more problematic. It wouldn't work quite right. And then we were thinking, where can we build this? And we finally built a cat house that we hung on the outside of the library building that uh, is just the right size for a cat bed heater in there. So, And then we used roundwood uh, timber to yes. make steps to get up there. Yeah, the steps to get up and there so, are um, yeah, There's a roundwood element to it, as there should yeah. be in every project. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's been another cat hanging around, too, that we Paul named Worf, which is... Uh, but we're not... 
he's not always here. We're not so sure about him. But uh, there's a great thread on Permies about whether you, you know, it's a good idea to have cats in a permaculture system. And we have had such huge chipmunk, squirrel, mouse, rat, pack rat, and rabbit pressure on anything we've tried to grow that I, I've been able to grow cilantro now because of Gert, uh, yeah. when before the cilantro was just mowed. Yeah. Someone sent me amazing seeds that the wood rat mowed down or the, the Douglas squirrel. I don't know who did. And I never, I planted, I made the mistake of planting all those seeds and I never got anything to grow or got more seeds from it. Do you remember when that Douglas squirrel came down and was like telling everybody at the front door to fuck off yes and he just came down yes. and, and then you turned to Gert and you said will you eat him <laughs> I haven't seen him since yeah he would come down it was um, and he would <laughs> he was so angry he's an angry squirrel <laughs> he would come down and eat the herbs out of my container plants on the porch and some of them were sitting on um, saucers of pea gravel so you could have water in the pea gravel but not be drowning your plants in water and anyway it's a good thing for rosemary plants and he would dig in the pea gravel to get at the water and get pea gravel all over the porch yeah and he'd yeah and i i always thought and i would yell at him and he would yell at me and i always felt we were having a dueling get off my lawn yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah he's gone yay i think he's gone i think gert probably got him i think gert uh because i remember you said to gert go go eat that guy will you i and i, I I think I think she did. <laughs> I tried. I've tried to follow what Jacqueline Freeman has done with her cats, and, and she's tried to tell her cats, you know, basically four-legged furries are okay, but the the two-legged birds or some of the other things, not so much. Yeah. So she's always been very sad and disappointed if her cats have brought back something that's not a four-legged furry. Yeah. I mean, that's my phrase. They're eating a lot of lizards, and they like. Yeah. They like leave. They have a collection of lizard tails. Uh, yeah, no, they had a collection of chipmunk tails for a while. No. I watched her devour a chipmunk, the whole thing except the tail, and just crunch through the fur, the skull, the bones, everything, and just le- and then left the tail, walked away. Hmm. Anyway, sorry if that, so that was okay. So out. cat house, that was that yes. was yours. Yes, uh, and we've been doing lots of firewood on project times, chopping and bringing in firewood which we got a new one of those kindle crackler things and so oh those are great they're awesome i just love these things so um usually what you do is you uh take a piece of wood have you ever seen that have i ever shown you this finger see how it's got these big chunks missing out yeah, of it yeah this is my left forefinger it, it has uh, learning how to chop wood I, I think one of these big cuts is from when i decided to carve you know those uh pinewood derby cars oh yeah that they give the boy scouts and yeah. so they gave one to me and i was using the kitchen knife to enhance it and then i i enhanced my finger right good and then another one was when I was outside chopping kindling and Granddad came out and he said, hey, it's getting too dark. I think you should come inside. And I said, I just got a little bit more to do. And it was like 
30 seconds later. Oh. That's that's the other big, just uh, right down to the, I can see it, and I can show it to Granddad. Oh, you were right. I should have quit when you said, look, here's my bones. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But this thing, uh, you, it's got like a blade in it that sticks up that mounts to your chopping block. And then you take your uh, chunk of wood and you set it on top of it. And then you, and I found a four pound sledge is like perfect. And then so you hit it with the four pound sledge and that splits the wood. Well, and that blade is right in the middle of a ring and it's this whole cast iron thing, uh, you know, that you just attach to a, a piece of wood. Yeah. Um, and for me, I don't have great upper arm strength. You know, I can carry around a 40-pound box of onions. Everything I do is related to food, of course. But, <laughs> but I have crappy upper arm strength, and I grew up in the suburbs of Seattle. I did not grow up chopping wood. And so this is an awesome way for beginners to learn you just hack it with a sledge and you don't have to be able to aim an axe you don't have to have good arm strength and you can build up that arm strength easily what's what's that word you have for a variation of procrastination oh procrastinate yeah (laughs) is that what these cookies are over here these are procrastinate they're they're breakfast cookies (laughs) they're 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 healthy (laughs) so this kindling crack thing is amazing. It's awesome. And and it's it's like I'll bet you I could I cut wood twice as fast and it seems like yeah. probably ten times safer. Yeah. Maybe even twenty times safer. Oh, oh yeah. it's it's like and it's so much easier than ever before. Well we now have two sizes, you know, that the the smaller one doesn't the regular size. It doesn't fit everything and then now there's a bigger one and there's still logs right. that won't fit in They've that got, course, they call it like XL. If you go on your oh, shop for it on yeah. Amazon it's the XL size. Yeah, and I and I'm kind of thinking like, why do we even have the smaller one? <laughs> what do we what do we want that for? Is the the big well, one is the way to go? Well, now two people can be splitting wood. True, so, and and we do True. like smaller size wood for the rocket mass heaters. They get it can get hotter faster with smaller size wood. That's true. So if it's a little cold in the house and you want to heat it up fast, you can use yeah. the smaller wood. But it, I think most of the wood that we usually put, you know, bring into the house is like, you know, big enough to fit in the hole. You know, yeah. and, and it's like, but but really, it'll go faster if you if you get the uh, the smaller pieces. Yeah. All right. What's another project time? Uh, we cleaned the ash out of the rock mass heater. That's right. That's right. We let it we let it cool down a full 24 hours, and then we popped off the barrel, and um, we so we have 20 minutes for a project time, and I think this was my project. Yeah. And so we popped off the barrel. You got to do it carefully because you got to get it up over the riser and, yeah. and away. Um, and, uh, and then we've got a special vacuum <clears throat> that is an ash vac. So it's not yeah. like sucking the ash out and then blowing it all over your room. <laughs> it's got a really great uh, like filter a, bag. Yeah, it's like triple filter or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, and then we just shove the uh, the vacuum down the pipe a ways. We didn't even do a full clean out. We just do it. And then I, I take my cell phone and I activate video mode and I shove my cell phone down there and take a video of whatever's left. And then we look at the video 
And it's like, oh, we should get a little bit more. And so we, we vacuumed out a little bit more. Yeah. And then uh, called the, did the video thing again. Oh, that's much better. And then we put the barrel back on. And uh, and then it's like we still have five minutes left. It was so, not bad. So a lot of people are really curious about, you know, how long does it take? To, and that's a once-a-year thing. Well, and I and was, it's been longer than a year, actually. Well, the last time it was vacuumed out, Travis did it. Yeah. Travis and Sakna were here. And that was before the last year's or the, the rocket yeah. mass heater jamboree from a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I tend to burn a lot of paper. <laughs> yeah, that makes for a lot of ash. And it makes way more ash. So we had quite a bit in there, um, mostly due to me. I We keep, uh, we have stuff we can't. Uh, recycle out here that we tend to burn, like paperboard. There's no paperboard recycling, so which is drives me bonkers. So um, it builds up here too much. So especially when we have lots of guests, or we're feeding lots of boots, or we have workshops, we end up with lots of burnables that don't get used up in the summer. You know what's a great fire starter? Is the little bit of uh, paper towel that you use to clean up the cast iron. The greasy ones. That's the man that. Wow, that is the best stuff. Yeah, yeah, I provide you with lots of those. Yeah. So the other thing we've been doing on Project Times quite a bit for me um, is uh, just taking the kitchen scraps out of the kitchen and roost out composting them. Right. Now you've got a new spot. I you showed me your spot. You're like gonna. I want to make this into a beautiful garden. Yeah. And well, it's it's hard because my favorite spots. I have so many plants so close together that when we have like a two-gallon bucket of kitchen scraps, I'm worried if I dump them on some of my perennials, I'll be rotting out yeah. the perennials and they won't come back. And then, you know, once everything is snow and iced over, it's even harder, you know. So I have a bunch of places that if it were um, springtime, I would take a two-gallon bucket and I'd do just like handfuls here and there under the mulch around and in between my plants yeah. but when it's winter I can't do that as easily yeah. uh, so so you go to a place that you know is barren yeah and then you're gonna, you know, make for awesome soil there next year. Yes, and trying so, to work on it. Yeah, yeah. For those that don't know what Ruth Stout composting is, because because yeah. most people make a compost pile. This right. is not that. Right. No, this is just building the soil in place, composting in place, and as long as you tuck the food scraps under some kind of carbonaceous mulch, it can just. I don't think anybody do knows what thing. you're. I still. I think they still don't know what you're talking about. Really? So let me let me give it a try. Okay. 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 So so instead of making a compost pile, what you're going to do is you're going to go out to your garden. Yeah. Where you want richer soil. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I want some rich soil right here. Mm-hmm. And so you'll dump your compost, your kitchen scraps right there. It's not compost, it's kitchen scraps. Right. And But you want to dump it where it's probably at least a foot away from any plant that you wish to have that plant remain happy. Because this stuff's going to be too hot. For almost for most plants, yeah, there are a few that'll be like, oh no, that's that's awesome. Bring bring another bucket, okay? So that'd be your poop beast. So like rhubarb, there's several rhubarb plants out there. They would groove on it. But anyway, all right. So you're gonna go splort, and here's a bunch of kitchen scraps. 
and eventually we don't want to do this because we're going to have chickens and the like. But right. so splort, and then you're going to put carbon material over it. And we've been using pine straw a lot lately, but wood chips is good, and uh, straw is mm-hmm. good, uh, and sometimes we use bark or sticks. Yeah. So like we had this big collection of bark, and it's like bark just it burns so fast in the rocket mass heater, and it, I don't think we get very much heat out of it. Yeah. And it makes so much ash that we thought, you know what? I think this bark would be better as mulch. Yeah. So yeah. We used we started using bark for uh, for this. Yeah, and and in growing seasons you can do chop and drop. You know, there's you yep. can just chop and drop right on top of whatever kitchen scraps you're putting out there. But yeah, it's a weird concept to people. And if you think about it, if you're composting, you're putting out it in a pile, you're turning the pile, you're adding all the right mix to the pile, you're then you're pulling it out and you're sifting it and you're like, okay. Now I have my black gold. And how many hours goes into like a pint of this black gold? And how much does it reduce down? And all of the from how much of it goes up in the atmosphere? Yeah, from all the turning, uh, a lot of that nitrogen, yeah, goes up in the atmosphere. Anyway, it's just crazy. So this way, you get more in the ground, and it's less time, and it's far easier. It's just awesome. I know that about a year ago. Um, it was spring mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to do this thing with the scaffolding and so I needed to dig into the ground a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, I must have hit a spot that was probably two years old from this and I accidentally killed like a dozen earthworms um, as I was trying to dig a spot for the scaffolding to go because yeah. the soil there was just so rich right from us adding our kitchen scraps under the mulch mm-hmm. so and you took a video of me digging the hori hori knife a trowel basically yeah. into soil that I've been regularly roost out composting yeah. um, compared to a, uh, the soil just right across the path that it had little to none and we were getting a nice dark colored uh, layer of richer soil at the top from doing that and yeah. and the other one just had the grayer or poorer quality soil so yeah all right so that's lots a, on that there, that's a pretty common one for yeah. project time which seemed, which is a little lame it's kind of a weak project and usually that one gets stacked with something else yeah it, it might be more of a project if we're gonna like oh let's take it to the far end of the paddock to where there's a fruit tree a lonely fruit tree way back in yeah. there and it's, give it a treat yeah it's just it's usually tagged onto something else just to get us outside but it's yeah. it's just kind of a good example of something we're doing to get outside and get away from the computer oh man uh, I went back to the back paddock like a couple weeks ago and there was there was a turkey who uh, so we, we got the paddock up to keep the turkeys the, the, the deer and the wild turkeys out right and uh, there was there was a turkey at our front door and I found the slingshot and I sent him a Mises Yes. Which missed. And yeah. then, but he decided, like, he didn't want to hear what I had to say. So he flew over the fence into the paddock. Yeah. So I went and I grabbed a couple marbles with my slingshot to go and talk to him about don't go in the paddock. And I never saw him back there. But what happened is, is as I was going down into the paddock, I totally biffed. Yeah, he slipped. Oh, man. Slipped on I the snow and hit, ice. 
Uh, there's this little bit of dirt on the one side which had frozen into cement. And um, I hit my elbow on that. And oh man, that I I was out there like, oh, I, I need I need help. Um, but it doesn't matter how loud I yell, no one's going to hear me. <laughs> And and so I, I'm sitting there in the snow and Worf, that other cat, he came out there and normally Worf is like, can I stand on your shoulder? Can I stand on you in eight different ways? Because I just want you to pet me a thousand times. And so Worf was there and the cool thing about it was Worf did not try to take advantage of me being on the ground by getting up and said, hey, can you pat me while you're lying there? That'd be cool, man. Instead, he kind of sat there and looked at me like, whoa, that looked bad, man. Are you okay? You That was not good. That was bad. I, I want to jump up on you, but a little respect here for a man in pain, okay? A little, little bro, you know, thing. And, and I'm kind of like, I'm so glad that you're not jumping on me right now because this is big pain. So I... Uh, and I'm on a narrow little path and it's like I finally got to my feet and I'm thinking like am I going to biff it again <laughs> and I got I, I managed to, to shuffle back into the house and then and then I did my whiny sounds my elbow hurts I was a little worried you might have broken it uh, but uh, some ice seemed to help it a lot and you got yeah. better the next day so we're thinking nothing it's probably okay nothing bad yeah. but um, so we just wanted to mention a couple other project time things we did which are good wintertime tasks we had a broken laundry line so Paul helped me string some new laundry line well we fixed the broken one yes and we added another one yes and I, I, there's a quick point about laundry line I want to point out because okay. a lot of people try to use rope and it's like that won't work you gotta yeah you gotta get the stuff that's the laundry line that has steel cable in it yeah and then that'll hold your laundry line tight and then one of the things is is that we're strapping the, these laundry lines from tree to tree yeah and we want the laundry line to not cut into the bark of the tree right. so um, we have these uh, little sticks that are like um, a foot long and an inch thick and so we'll put like uh, so we'll, we'll put the laundry line Line up and then it sags. Yeah. And then when we put the sticks in, then it's like it takes up a lot of that sag. Yeah. And and now we've got very tight lines and um, they're on those sticks. Yeah. So so it's not gonna cut into the tree. Yeah. So that's and then we we added one more line and I still think we should add a couple more. Yeah. But we use those for the last five years. We've used those laundry lines a lot. And to have just one of them break in all that time is pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's plastic or vinyl on on the outside of the table, right. but that's that's what it is. And um, it's it's been awesome. We that was another kind of interesting thread we had on Permian is someone talked about wanting to plant certain things under their laundry line or where their laundry line was. And, and they were saying what would be the best thing to plant, you know, and that can take the high traffic and might be fragrant even. And it was actually kind of a cool little thread. Do you remember what they came up with? Uh, clover. And somebody wanted to have lavender bushes, really big lavender bushes nearby, not to walk not, on. Okay, yeah. But that you could... 
throw, you know, throw something on the bush, actually, if you ran out of laundry line space. And I don't oh. know. They talked about some neat things. Uh, but Clover was a big one to take the traffic and be, sh- and be a resilient ground cover. And we found out about the laundry line, and we did that on my project time because we were heading up to go cut down a tree yes. because I wanted because one of the BBs for the pep stuff was um, to do dry peg in green wood yes and so I thought we need a couple more coat racks let's mm-hmm. let's take a piece of wood that might be six inches in diameter we'll split it in half and then we'll stick a bunch of dry pegs in it and that'll be a coat rack. Yeah, and the shrinking of the green wood will, you don't need glue or anything. It'll just shrink around the dry wood, which won't shrink, and hold it tight. Yeah. That's the that's the theory. And we, uh, we, we were going up, because there's a tree that I could see, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, there's like eight trees right there that are all way too close together. So one of them has to go. So I picked one of the smaller trees... And um, we went up there to cut it. We cut it with a bow saw. So it was probably at the base, it was probably a good, I want to say, nine inches in diameter at the base. But when we were heading up there with the bow saw, that's when I spotted that one of the laundry lines had broken. Yeah. And so um, I said, well, why don't we fix this rather than walk past it and ignore it? And, um, like, rather than, like, start a new project, let's, like, not start a new project until we've repaired previous projects. Yeah. So this, you know, this is normal homestead living. I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I know how that goes, you know. But but it's been awesome to chip away at all these little things in our little project times each day. Um, Well, and I think we do things in a different way than a lot of people. There's a lot of things that we do differently. And so, but anyway, all right, what's what's next on the list? Um, that's all of our project time stuff. I took another bite of a cookie. Sorry, uh, now my right, mouth is right. full again. Um, there was something I wanted to say about project time. Oh, that's one of the advantages of both of us working from home is we can schedule our day so that we can go outside while there's daylight to do oh, this yeah. stuff. The days are short right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a huge advantage. So we... Um, Speaking of doing things online and paying for things, um, we you had printed another thousand Betterwood Heat DVDs. Right. Um, I don't know how many times I get emails from people telling me, like on my Kickstarters, I don't even need to list DVDs because nobody ever buys those anymore. I mean, hello, Blockbuster much? You know, and and right. so um, I'm kind of amazed at how emphatic they are about it. But um, still, about a third of the orders that we get for Betterwood Heat are um, for the physical DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, a, a quick thing about those DVDs is that it has an example of something I kind of need a word for this and I'm sure everybody's experienced this where it's like I have a thing I have to do it's my highest priority thing and I have to do it right now and yet I've also got you know 500 other things that have to do but they're all lower priority 
Now, granted, the thing I have to do is going to take 20 minutes, and a bunch of these things, you know, are like 30 seconds each, and so I'll knock a bunch of those out or whatever. But I had a serious problem with that one thing, and I think, and I've kind of checked with a few people, and it's like, this is a universal thing, only there's not a word for it. Oh, 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 I might have a phrase for it for you. Okay. And and it's a little different than what you're describing because I don't see you as a depressed person. Yeah. But um I'm not depressed. Right. So this was people who struggle with depression or mental illness, uh sometimes brushing their teeth becomes the impossible task. So this this woman just started calling it the impossible task. And she had a whole Twitter feed about it. And I posted about her descriptions of this in that stress, grief, anxiety thread on Permies. And it was like when people are really suffering, you know, maybe they're grieving after someone died or they're, you know, very or maybe they have a terrible sinus infection like I sometimes get or whatever, or depression or mental illness. The weirdest things become the impossible task. And like, and this woman was saying, it, for me, it was just going down the street to the pharmacy to get my prescription refilled. It was two blocks away and I couldn't do it. And a friend came over yeah. and helped me go and and do it with me so I could go to the pharmacy. And 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 I loved it that she just called it the impossible task. And she was saying, you know, most people look at that and go, that's not impossible. Just do it. You know, or or the even the person struggling with the impossible task ends up beating themselves up over it going, "Why can't I just go to the pharmacy?" you know, or whatever it is. Maybe stupid stupefying task. I mean, it's yeah. it's like um and so every once in a long while I just get one of these things where for I don't know what reason, there is no reason. There's no no rational reason I can think of at all, not even a cheap excuse. Mm-hmm. And it's like I know it's the thing I have to do. It's my highest priority, and I just can't. But the the important thing is is there is a solution. And um and you and I have been doing this for many years now, and it's rooted in my software engineering days of pair programming. And I and so I had said to you like I need some pair programming, and you said I don't have time. And then you <laughs> needed some pair programming, and so then I helped you, and then you owed me one, and it's like now I need your help, and then you were like okay. That's fair. And and so then, boom, 20 minutes, it's done. Right. And it's like, I did all of the stuff up to this point, but it was like, okay, you got to fill out this really ugly form. Actually, there's a good reason. <laughs> there's, you know, we're going to, we, we already know what your name is, but we need you to write it down seven times. Okay. No particular reason why we need you to do that, but we're not gonna we're not gonna print your DVDs unless you do that. And then uh, we we already know all this other information, like your phone number, your email address, your address, but we'll need you to write that down several times each too. And then so we got a ridiculous form to fill out, and then I got to go dig up the artwork and send it over and make sure that it's in an okay format because they each want to have it in a different format. Okay, now take your artwork and make it be something totally different. <laughs> and so <clears throat> uh, um, the, the key is 20 minutes with your help, it's done. 
and for two weeks, for two whole weeks, I I just kept putting it off. You and you were suffering and, over it. Yeah, it was dumb. It yeah. was dumb. But pair programming is the solution. Yeah. And pair programming fixed it right up. Yeah. And so, pair programming is a little different than a buddy system, but similar. So we now have a thousand new copies of the Betterwood Heat 4 DVD set. And um, if if those people that are saying nobody buys DVDs anymore, if those people turn out to be right. This is going to be very sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we obviously we've seen physical DVD sales go down. However, yes. there still are some, and yeah. we were we were basically out uh, with holiday gift buying or whatever holiday buying. We were basically out. I think gone. I think that the last four DVD set went out the same day that the new boxes showed up. Wow. And and it was like, you know, there was like this four-hour gap where we were totally 100% out. Wow. So, um, uh, wow, right down right down to the last second there. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was nuts. Well, I, I think we'll come back to talking about these because these are other things that you oh. offer. And so, uh, two two big things. Okay, so so first of all, uh, I gotta do a shout out for the the Permaculture Voices event. And so, yeah. um, what year was that? I mean, that was like that was about four and a half years ago that we you and I went to San Diego for Permaculture Voices one. And I believe, and I've been to a lot of permaculture events, I believe that this was by far the best permaculture event I have ever been to. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, not only did I finally get to meet uh, dozens and dozens of super amazing people that I've been following them and watching their stuff, and now I get to meet them and visit with them and things, that was so cool. But uh, the presentations by Willie Smits and uh, Alan Savory just changed my life. Yeah. And they were profoundly good. And yeah. and there was um, a bunch of presentations. I, there's some presentations, a few presentations I still haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. But then the the awesome thing was it was all videoed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then there was a Permaculture Voices 2 and 3, and now there's not going to be any more. Right. But 2 and 3 were also all videoed. Yeah. And um, I'm not... I, I don't remember ever getting any marketing material about the video. And, um, and so we set it up, Permaculture Voices 1, 2, and 3, all the video on the permies.com digital market. Yeah. And um, we set it up like the first year. I thought that the first year was going to sell for something like $500 to get the videos. I mean, they put, I know how much work they put into it. It was, it was enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that he knocked the price down, knocked the price down, knocked the price down. And I think you can get year one for 75, uh, year two for 75, and year three for 100, I think. And then you can get all three for 200. And then a couple of days ago, I had a talk with Diego, and he agreed to drop the price temporarily 
to $99 for all three years. Wow. And I, I just kind of feel like um, that's just a super crazy, amazing deal. But then um, even more important than all of that is that it's like if we ever want to see an event like that again the key to do is is to put your money out there yeah to buy those fucking videos and um uh it it i mean if imagine what's going to happen like if 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 he sells these videos to 10,000 people then it's like why you know what we should do we should have another permaculture voices event because the interest has gotten bigger but it's like, I mean, one of the things that they had about Permaculture Voices that I thought was so profound is it was a technical conference. Yeah. Which is in stark contrast to most of the permaculture events that I've attended, which featured holding hands and singing songs. More of a social gathering than right. uh, information and technical detail based and, yeah. I, and I remember like going to one of the events and it was going to be like um, and I remember one of the biggest attended uh, presentations was like permaculture sex and I'm oh. kind of thinking like what? yeah <laughs> yeah. I don't remember Bill Mollison writing about that one but, <laughs> but okay I, and oh. it's like I, I, I ran into the presenter and she was telling me how she uh, enjoyed something that I presented on and I was saying like I'm sorry I didn't see what you presented on I heard about it I have no idea what that means and so she explained it to me and I probably forgot it within three minutes of her explaining <laughs> it to me and um, but uh, apparently people loved it but those other events feature a lot of holding hands, singing songs. The presentations are kind of hit and miss. Usually there's a lot of stuff that's all about yoga and drumming and things of that nature. And so then this there, was... And there'll be like... like 20% will be about building a pond or right. something more technical. Yeah. But this conference was all technical. Pretty much. And yeah. everybody was thoroughly vetted. And um, the presentations were all very professional. Yeah. And it and then the thing that they did was is that they flew in the very best people from all over the world to come to one spot for a few days. How long was it? Was it three days long? Was it a three day event? I can't remember. Um, yeah. I, excellent, excellent event. Yes, yes, yes. All, all I'm trying to say is is like if we don't. If we don't put our money into it, we don't get to have things like that again. Yeah. And um, I, I kind of feel like the other thing is, is that by having all these bigs meet bigs kind of a thing, I mean, I think that that accelerated permaculture as a whole for years. <laughs> um, and now I kind of feel like it's kind of, you know, not as strong as it once was. And I, I think Permaculture Voices was a massive accelerator. So all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, hey, pod people, go out and and part with the $99 and get these videos. I mean, it's 117 hours of presentations. And if nothing else, just look at the list of the presenters and what they're presenting. I think it's it's a stellar list. All right, that said... The next thing I got is that um, I recently 
finally, after months of trying, we've got David Pagan Butler's uh, uh, video up on the permies.com digital market. And this is uh, building a natural swimming pool. And we've got like a two podcast review of the movie. Um, <clears throat> but now the movie's available there. And it turns out, I didn't know this, he has a book. It's like uh, 200 pages. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so that's up on the digital market also. So nice. those are those are there now. Everybody, you know. And uh, people, I think more and more people know about natural swimming pools and are very excited about those. Well, and, and the important thing is, is that if you're going to build one this year, now's the time to get the DVD and the book and and start to understand all of this stuff. We research it in the winter before you start digging for it. Yeah. So I just thought those went with getting the DVDs. And then we had a couple other things to mention about what's going on here at Wheaton Labs. Um, the boot camp program for a moment, I thought the boot camp program was full this year. So it starts in a few weeks. <clears throat> um, but then there was somebody who paid the fee for the boot camp and we wrote to them and said, said and there's been no response and and so I kind of feel like well what's going to happen if somebody else pays for the boot camp right now and then they respond and yeah. they respond and so then I guess that person gets in ahead of the other person and the other person is going to have to wait and go on the waiting list and yeah. so I guess what I'm trying to say is 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 hey pod people I think we've got one more space available in the boot camp right now yeah so um, you know the other thing is is that we're allowing 12 people to come to a pep one event yeah. in May we have three people so far I honestly thought that we would because it's a free event anybody who's ever been here before it's free anybody who hasn't been here before it's a hundred bucks which is you know that same hundred dollar hurdle we make for everybody to come out here um and then uh uh or if you've supported my past kickstarters at a hundred dollars or more not any just the last two if you've supported the last two kickstarters at a hundred dollars or more then uh that covers your gapper fee and you can come here for free for this event or boot camp fee yeah and and we had a whole podcast explaining what pep is yeah it's permaculture experience it's hands-on skills it's may 20th through june 1st of this spring 20 all i'm trying to say that there's still spots available and I would really appreciate a big turnout from pod people. Um, I, I just really kind of feel like this is this is the perfect pod people event. Mm-hmm. And um, for two weeks, we're going to try and knock out 16 sand badges. <clears throat> and so that's going to be a lot of little things like carving a spoon. Yeah. And a wooden mallet and a bunch of other little things. Um so let's see. That's the pet program. Now you said the thing about—is that everything? That's everything on our list. Oh, good because we have another podcast to go record now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> can it, I chop vegetables during that one too? <laughs> is there okay? Anything else? I think we covered our whole list. All right. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about. Pep and boot camp and bits and bobs and homesteading and permaculture all, all the, the time. time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.